This is Lon Winters with Graphic Elephants. This is Jimmy Lamp. This is Matt Masala with the RidingStoneWorld.com. And you're listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. And you are listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. Podcast. Hosted by... My name is Terry Combs RG. Regular guy. And Aaron Montgomery. We're just regular guys having fun and uh, trying to, to make a living in this really cool and exciting industry. I think we all want to succeed 100% of the time. Seek to understand before I try and make myself understood. Bring a ton of great information. Coming to you live from somewhere dark, dirty, and dank. Hey, regulators, Aaron Montgomery here. I wanted to give you all a quick heads up before you dive into this episode. Uh, Corey was a fantastic guest, and we really enjoyed talking to him. We did have some audio issues, technical stuff, so there are some places where he is cutting out. Uh, For the most part, though, uh, he gets through all of the points. So just giving you a little heads up on that. If you'd like to actually see it, if that helps you better digest what he's saying, if you'll head over to tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, Regular Guys. And you can click on the button at the top to watch it on Facebook or on YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Well, welcome into the show. It is Friday, October 28th, 2022. I'm Terry Combs, and you can find me at terrycombs.com. And I'm Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me at OurSuccessGroup.com. Terry, today we're going to be joined by Corey Sissel, who's the VP of Customer Experience with Cap America. And uh, obviously, being with Cap America, we're going to talk headwear. I'm not a hat guy, but, uh, you know, I I, I could wear a hat. I grab a hat. Um, But uh, we're going to talk uh, headwear trends. We're going to talk training. We're going to talk quality assurance. We're going to talk blank goods. This is going to be a wide-ranging conversation. So I'm really looking forward to, to chatting with Corey here in just a minute, Terry. Well, you know, and, and I thought it was interesting when we were talking to Corey before the show that, yes, they have inventory. We don't hear that very often. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So um, really looking forward to uh, having that conversation uh, and, and just, you know, again, talking about headwear and talking about, you know, promo market and and we're going to cover wide ranges of topics. So uh, those of you regulars that are tuned in live here right now, uh, we definitely need you in the comments. We want you in the comments and, and we want to be having a, a great conversation here today. Um, but Terry, we are ready for our news segment. Uh, we've got, uh, Matt Dixon joining us here from graphics pro today. So, uh, l- l- how about we just dive right into that, Terry, without Let's further do ado. Let's do it. Great news. All, all right. Here, here comes Matt. Hey, Aaron, Terry, regulators. Thanks for having me. Let's dive right in here. SNS Activewear announces its leadership transition. President Frank Myers becomes CEO as Jim Shannon translates to vice chairman. SNS Activewear says that effective November 1st, current President Frank Myers will be named chief executive officer as Jim Shannon transitions from his role as CEO to vice chairman of its board of directors. Myers joined SNS in 2009, was named president last year after serving as chief financial officer and chief operating officer. Meyer says the business strategies and operational leadership at SNS are not changing. Next up, we have Delta Apparel, which appoints Patrick Bowman as senior director of DTG to go. DT, or Delta Apparel announced the addition of Patrick Bowman as senior director in its digital print business unit, which took effect October 17th. Prior to joining Delta Group, Patrick was vice president of operations at Doxum, a document technology solutions company. Patrick was also a captain in the United States Marine Corps proudly serving six years of active duty. And since 2013, he continues to serve in numerous executive level positions in the United States Marine Corps Reserve. Next up, we have A4 Apparel acquiring LabFit. Apparel announces, or A4 Apparel announces that it has acquired LabFit Sublimation, a manufacturer of sublimated teamwear, uniforms, and lifestyle apparel. With the acquisition, A4 has appointed industry veteran Todd Levine. Mark Mertens will remain in the organization's CEO and chairman. And lastly, I'd like to announce that Graphics Pro Expo has announced its 2023 schedule starting in Irving, Texas on March 9th through 10th. And education begins on March 8th at the Irving Convention Center. That's all I got, guys. Back to you. Awesome. Love that new segment. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's, it's so good. And uh, if you are tuned into the live broadcast, you can uh, check it out just uh, right above Terry's head there. There's a QR code that you can scan, and uh, that will get you uh, signed up for their newsletter where you can uh, read more about uh, these topics and, and many more. And and Matt, great job, man. I appreciate you uh, joining us and, and delivering the news. <laughs> like Terry said, it's a fun new segment, and uh, we appreciate uh, yeah, I, I was telling Matt when we were out at uh, Printing United, you know, it, the, when we kind of started talking about this new little segment, we were doing a new segment, but you and I were basically reading off of their script. So why not bring exactly. in <laughs> bring in the people that uh, that are doing it? Plus, again, I think you know this is a great way for our industry to learn and stay tuned. You know, so all the all the guests that we've had join us with the news, they've got uh, these newsletters that you can get and and stay up to date. So uh, make sure that you're subscribed to that. Again, right right above Terry there is is the link, and um, you can uh, there you go. Look at that. Terry's the great fan <laughs> of white. Um, all right, well. Terry, so um, another quick news item, so to speak, uh, from uh, from our <laughs> side of the world here, right, uh, right above me. If you're tuned in live, the 10th annual Industry Awards are in season right now. So yeah, if you'll head over to Bitly, bit.ly forward slash RG10 nom nominations, right? We are now accepting nominations. And uh, you can also just go over to the website, tworegularguys.com, and check it out. But uh, nominations are open until November 10th. And uh, Terry, as far as the nominations go, I mean, this this is the important part to me, right? It, this is all about recognizing the people in the industry that are helping others. And, and so we will, on uh, November 11th, on our show that day, we will read through every single nomination. We'll let you know who's going to be in the running for the voting and all that other stuff. But, you know, this again, this is your chance to go out and say, hey, you know, Terry's really helped me. Eric's really helped me. Other people have really helped me. I want to recognize them. And and so go enter those nominations. Absolutely. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, great, uh, great response. Even uh, Reggie Awards year one. And uh, this, this as, as you've mentioned many times, Aaron, this is the only award that is uh that is given the only nominations that are given that are from the people from the people participating in the industry so yeah uh, we're yep. really excited and and we always meet new friends at uh, <laughs> during these awards it's always funny that's, i didn't know that person <laughs> yeah yeah that's definitely the bonus for us is uh, we get to meet new friends but yeah being able to be that that vehicle to just recognize people and and, and it's a lot of fun too right it just you get a chance to everybody to you know, it's competitive. It's not, you know, it's, it's a people's choice. It's uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's just something different. And, and we really enjoy being that kind of vehicle to make that happen. So, um, all right, Terry, well, I know you also have some very exciting news. At least I was super excited about it because I know we've talked about this for a little bit. <laughs> for quite a while. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> my new book is out beer, bait and barbecue, the secret and true origin of vampires upon the earth. You can get it at, uh, on Amazon for all of our podcast listeners. I'm holding up a copy of my book. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've been working on this for a long time. And then I sat on it for a long time. But here it is, ready for Christmas. Because what says Christmas or Halloween more than the origin of vampires? <laughs> the origin of vampires. The secret of true, uh, the secret and true origin of vampires upon the earth. I love that. Um, and for you podcast listeners out there, we, we made just a little short link for uh, for the Amazon uh, place. Uh, so it's decorators.inc forward slash BBB. That stands for beer, beer bait. bait and barbecue. barbecue. Awesome. <laughs> well, Terry, I, I wrote in the notes on the outline for the show, you know, exciting, right? Uh, this is really exciting, man. Uh, congratulations. And uh, I'm Thank looking you. forward to it. I, uh, I've got my, uh, um, I've got it in my cart. So we've got a couple other things we've got to pick up this weekend at, at awesome. the good friends at Skynet. So uh, that will be showing up to me shortly. <laughs> looking forward to it. Skynet indeed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, um, Terry, let's uh, fall right into the dad jokes here. Based on beer, bait, and barbecue, uh, I felt like uh, this dad joke would be perfect to, uh, you, know, you know, just the season, the fact that your your new book's out, right? So I'm, I'm putting the pressure on myself, so. <laughs> All right. Well, before that, though, I do have to bring in uh, Kim Johnson's comment here. She said, ordered mine. How do we get it autographed? So, 
Well, when I'm done with the podcast, you can just come right in here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Kim Johnson. Hey, Kim, you'll have to get an autograph copy for me and send it over. I'll, I'll, uh... hey, for um, Dane Clement out there who asks me every time I see him, hey, when is that book going to be ready? It's ready, Dane. I'm going to send it's you ready. a copy. It's, it's ready for sure. I love it. I love it. Um, a couple other quick, uh, I guess, for whatever reason, I kind of changed my setup here, so I got to get used to it. For <laughs> um, so that's why I'm looking way over here. Uh, so regulators checking in this morning. We've got Yusta checking in from Sweden. We've got uh, Fat Dad Wholesale. Good morning, Todd. How are you, sir? Uh, we've got Kingsbury Crafts and Charles. Good morning, Charles. Um, <laughs> Todd says, "Nom like nominations, not like nom. You're going to eat wings. It could be both. It's fine." <laughs> hey, Todd. By the way, somebody asked me yesterday. Hey, where can I get some DTF transfers if I don't want to print them myself? They should be calling you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, David Haynes says, "I bought my copy a couple of days ago. So nice. Nice. Thanks, David. You're baiting barbecue out in the world." And and I love the title because you you think that you're going to get into uh, you know something a little bit different and then you get zombies so. <laughs> <laughs> vampires but yeah you know yeah oh Kim says that's actually my copy he's holding up so it is her copy actually okay. <laughs> he came all yesterday. right all right excellent okay well are we ready for the dad joke now Terry yeah let's hear it okay so Terry what do you call a zombie who cooks stir fry I don't know what do you call a zombie who cooks stir fry. Dead man walking. <laughs> and clearly it's a groaner because Eric had to put it in parentheses. So, uh. <laughs> well, hey, you know, Aaron, I ran into another uh, Halloween dad joke last night. Can I share that one? And, and yes, uh, yes, er please. Eric's like, wait, what? It's at the bottom <laughs> of the, of the uh, outline, Eric. You ready? Um, I, I know what the scariest thing about Halloween is. And his wife says, which is exactly. Which is <laughs> <laughs> see we we needed the uh, uh, the the banner yeah yeah there you go thank you Eric <laughs> you got to give him a little heads up all right well excellent um so Terry let, let's uh, let's keep moving actually can I give one other quick shout out before sure. we kind of move I'm I'm jumping around a little bit Terry but uh, one more quick shout out here uh, Christopher Kretz who's with Kretz Family Designs uh, in Phoenix actually uh, I got to connect with him on LinkedIn and uh, he's actually helped us line up a new guest that's going to be joining us on December second uh, that guest is Travis Ross of Make Your Mark and he's going to be talking about print on demand so just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Christopher for uh, helping bring that about uh and and uh, it's been great to connect with him on linkedin so if you guys uh know any guests you can connect with me on linkedin you can connect with me on facebook uh you can connect with me probably just about wherever so <laughs> yeah. let me know and and we'll get those those guests lined up but thanks exactly. to christopher yeah and speaking of getting connected we want to thank everybody for checking out the two regular guys podcast we are always looking for those new guests. If you or anyone you know would like to join us, go to calendly.com slash two, the number two, regular guys with your show ideas. If you are listening to the podcast version of our show, we would appreciate you sharing the two regular guys podcast with all of your industry friends so they can become regulators too. And we would appreciate you giving us a review on Anywhere that you're listening to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, we are everywhere. So please uh, go in there and give us your um, your reviews. And we're always uh, looking forward to your comments and questions during the show. Yes, indeed. Looking forward to that for sure. And, and thank you guys for tuning in. Um, so uh, real quick before we get Corey in here and we start talking about headwear and all things, everything really, right? <laughs> I love a good show like this because we get to cover the gamut, right? And, and, and Corey's uh, looking forward to hearing from Corey here. But uh, let me share with you guys really quickly from uh, our success group about mindset in our business. So I want to share with you three mental states most business owners struggle to master. It's goal setting so that you believe it's possible. It's facing fears to be able to step outside of your comfort zone. And finally, taking action, even when you're not sure what action to take. Now, 90% of the challenges business owners have faced have nothing to do with the nuts and bolts of running a business. It's not the accounting, the production, or even the marketing. It is the mindset. 
Now, as entrepreneurs, we need to cultivate a mindset that we were never taught in school. All right. Well, to, to hear more, to learn a little bit more, go to that link, osg.link forward slash mindset. And uh, love to love to share more about that uh, concept with you guys. So, and if anybody has any questions, please let me know. But uh, thank you there, Eric. OSG.link forward slash mindset. All right. You know, Aaron, during, during your commercial, uh, I, had a, I had a call here and it said unknown caller. Uh, that's chapter one in my book. Unknown. Oh boy. So the zombies are already coming for you. All right. <laughs> and Dean says, you mean you just don't open the doors and they come field of dream style, I'm guessing. Right. So, <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's get into it here, guys. Thank you guys for again, tuning in and, and excited for our guest here. Um, so as VP of customer experience, Corey strives to establish service levels and requirements for three key departments, customer service, marketing, and art. He develops and implements methods to record, assess, and analyze customer feedback. He is also responsible for the development and implementation of training and quality assurance programs for new hires and experienced employees and oversees the weekly, monthly, and yearly goals of a 90-plus team members. So uh, welcome into the program, Corey Sissel from Cap America. Corey, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Happy to be here. All right. You know, Corey, your job uh, encompasses everything we talk about on this show for the last 10 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, let's jump right in, uh, Corey, and uh, uh, share with our listeners how you came to be in this industry. Yeah. So my journey into the industry is uh, a little different than some and probably the, the same uh, for some. So I'm a part of the family. So my parents started the company in 1985. Um, been a part of the industry, you know, for a long, long time. Kid and going to trade shows or, or being a home, you know, uh, while parents are, are gone, you know, building, the, going to trade shows. Um, as we were growing up, um, I have brothers and sisters, and um, you couldn't graduate from high school or college and then come straight into. It was important that whenever you graduated from college that you go out and then you work for, you know, two, three, four years somewhere else in a different industry um, for different managers, different owners. And then uh, you'd have the opportunity to come in. So I left college, um, was a membership chairman at a private golf course and uh, got to meet a lot of great people and play golf for a long time and then uh, made the switch and came over to Cap America in 2012. Excellent. Uh, you know, I love that story, and and people should take note of that when they bring their kids into the into the business. That yeah, go out there into the world and 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 see what it's like working uh, for and with uh, other people, and 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 bring that knowledge back to us. I, I love that. Yeah. yeah, it was really interesting. I you know I, I worked obviously full time in college for a car dealership, and then a, a video company, and then like I said, the golf course. But I learned so much along the way you know, from working for different corporations or different private business owners, um, the, the types of incentives that they have, the types of pay ranges that they offer, you know, so that brought a lot of light whenever I came over to our business on things that we could obviously adopt or things that we didn't want to implement. Yeah. 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 That's, that's major. That's awesome. Okay. Well, Corey, company name's Cap America, so obviously I think the starting point where we need to start is is talking about hats. Right? Let, let's talk about headwear trends. What what are they today, and and you know what should our listeners be kind of you know looking for? You know what what are you seeing out there in the headwear space? Yeah, it, it's changed. You know, obviously I've been in the industry almost eleven years now. Um, so many people that will listen to this have been in the industry a lot longer than I. But things have changed greatly even over the last uh, ten years. You know, when I got into the business, um, the large majority of goods that we were moving were more price point items, right? Value goods. Um, the last three or four years, it's been more about premium or higher end product, you know? So right now um, we have FlexFit in the Cap America line, which has been incredibly popular over the last three years. Um, we did a co-branding venture with uh, FlexFit, L FlexFit LLC. Um, so they manufacture our premium line um, so the caps are no different than what you would see from Ping or Travis Matthews or Hurley or Huey or all these brands in retail. 
but essentially, you know, they'll have the, the FlexFit branding on the inside and they'll have Cap America branding on the inside. But these are high-end premium goods, literally the nicest caps that you can purchase in the world. So those have been very, very popular. Um, other things that we've seen that have been popular <clears throat> are a part of our traditional line. And whether um, it's a performance fabric with, uh, with like laser cut technology with all the perforations, which have been really popular in retail, or whether it's the trucker craze, right? Trucker caps have been on fire for the last probably seven years, to be quite yeah. honest. Um, we have over 40 different um, trucker styles within the line. Those have been popular. And then we still obviously move a lot of price point items. You know, people that they, they want a nice good, you know, but they, they want a fair, a fair or a lower, a lower price point. And we, and we move yeah. tons of those. Yeah. Nice. The you know, second, uh, <clears throat> um, we had the second part of that, whenever we're talking about trends, right? Because one thing is styles, like style of headwear. And then another thing is talking about trends within decoration. Um, you know, so I know we might be talking to some decorators today. Um, Cap America does a lot of decoration. Uh, we have over 500 heads of embroidery. They run 24 hours a day. Wow. Um, so that's both flat and 3D embroidery. And then we do a lot of patches. So a lot of people um, that listen to this will, will probably hear about patches or have heard about patches uh, quite often. And what we see a lot of is leather patches, um, both the Boston and laser etched. Those are incredibly popular now because that's what's um, really driving retail, right? Whenever you go into outdoor retail or whenever you go into uh, retail in general, maybe like within the sports market and things like that, you'll see a lot of embroidered patches a lot of laser uh, edge patches. You'll see a lot of woven patches. Those are very popular. Hmm. Um, and then another distinction between um, any type of patch, of course, is then you have you have sewn-on patches, and then you have heat-sealed patches. Yeah. And there's a huge difference between the two um, as far as um, turn time, because sewn-on patches are incredibly labor-intensive, right? Because you're hand-sewing each patch on. One thing that's hard to find right now um, is experienced sewers, right? Because a lot of younger individuals, you know, they don't have experience sewing, nor yeah. might, might, they might not want to learn how to sew. Most challenging work. Um, so finding highly skilled individuals to sew patches on is a challenge. Um, whereas uh, heat sealed, you know, you can go to stalls, you can buy a, uh, a machine for let's say i don't know three thousand dollars and then it's simply just applying the patch on the front of the cap hitting the green button comes down you got your work dwell time and then after it's done you remove the cap you know so yeah. we both um but i could see uh sewn on uh, being a real challenge for a lot of people because of the simple fact that you have to find that skilled labor. well yeah. eric campbell is our show producer so yes everyone's heard about patches <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, also, we had a recent guest uh, <clears throat> who was talking about uh, headwear, and he said he had a customer say to him, uh, hey, just give me a cheap hat because it's a giveaway. And his response was, well, do you, you want a premium hat because you want them to wear it, right? And so it fits right into what you're, t you're talking about with the, with, uh, the direction of your company. That's a fantastic Point. And I think a lot of people have kind of missed the boat along the way um, of thinking that I just need this, this cheap item, right? Because I'm going to just throw it off the back of the truck. But the fact is, if you don't give away an item that people want to use, you don't get any impressions, right? Impressions, exactly. that's giveaway. That's the whole point. So whether yeah. it's a hat, a pin, um, a coffee mug, whatnot, whatever, whatever it is, you're way better off to spend a little more money per item and have less items out in the marketplace that are accumulating Im impressions than than to have a million products that you that you throw out in the marketplace and nobody you know yeah exactly right yeah, exactly. exactly yeah well you know uh in our show prep you you were telling us about uh in your company converting from old systems to new ones uh automating workflow as well talk talk to us a little bit about what what you're doing along those lines yeah, so we're in the middle of uh, a new ERP integration right now. Um, this started with our CEO, Mark Gammon. I'm not sure you guys might know Mark. He's been in the industry for a long time. Uh, great guy. Um, forward thinking. Obviously, we're on the right path five, seven years um, So a few years ago, um, we were obviously on a growth curve that long term, you know, we 
to have a more we need to be able to reduce paperwork we need to be able to do these we need to offer more information um, to our customers um, and it's hard to do that if, if you don't have a great system of backing you and your customer service staff um, so we we vetted a lot of companies we ended up going with netsuite um, and i think ppai actually signed a deal with netsuite so, so they're going to work with them in the future as well but um, it, as far as, you know, we could talk about this forever, but what makes, just kind of shorten it up a little bit, what we're going to be able to do is run more efficiently, right, with the same number of employees. And we're also going to be able to allow um, customers to have dashboards within the system and go in and say, um, here's the orders that I've done previously. Here's the artwork that goes with those orders. If I want to place a repeat, um, not having to send an email, maybe, and being able to go into your dashboard and say, hey, I placed this order um, on September the 13th, literally hit a hit a button that says reorder, boom, close yeah. right into the factory. And then on the flip side, being able to see orders that are already um, sent to the company and see work in process. You know, like, is that on the floor yet? Is that in the QC phase? Has it shipped? If it shipped, what's tracking numbers? You know, and having that information more on demand and not having to pick up the phone or having to send an email and then wait for a reply. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's really, uh, you know, just kind of thinking thinking ahead, right? And you talked about that a little bit, thinking ahead. And, and so I guess, Corey, that leads me a little bit into uh, talking about websites, right? The, the, what's, obviously you talk about being able to just place those reorders and stuff like that, but, but tell us kind of give us your opinion on why staying current and, and, and user-friendly is, is so important for uh, today's business model. Yeah. So over the last six or seven, years, we've done a really good job on the website as a company. Um, however, with this new ERP, which you mentioned here, and you know, a new website comes along with that as well. Right. So websites are challenging. Um, for one, um, they're not cheap, right? And it takes um, a, a skilled team um, a lot of time to build out a new website, um, to load everything on the back end, and then, of course, having a staff member or obviously contracting that out to make sure that you can keep everything current along the way. But it's very, very important because as everything changes in our world and people want to um, you pick up the phone less or send less emails, and kind of eliminate some of that communication and simply go online and do all of their homework, right? Find all the information they need and even uh, submit and secure an order online without any communication. Um, That website essentially is the face of your company, you know? So being able to have your customers be able to go on the website, collect all the information they need, um, whether whether that be through um, obviously uh, text form or maybe even video, um, video is really important right now. And one thing that I'm working on the new website is having product videos on every product page. You know, obviously YouTube's, you know, been popular for a long, long time. And then even all these social platforms, whether it be TikTok or Instagram, you know, Pinterest was popular for a long, long time. But um, being able to have um, high quality images and high quality videos talking about products, maybe talking about materials or types of decoration that can be used, all those things are very, very important. You know, uh, continuing on with that conversation, depending on uh, which politician uh, here two weeks before midterm elections or news <laughs> channel you're just listening to, we may or may not be in a recession. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll know for, for sure after November 8th. <laughs> yes, we're in a recession. Uh, but um, let's talk a little bit about, about marketing and, and give our listeners some ideas about uh, how to stay top of mind during a uh, a financial downturn is that a <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i long especially public forum um but staying top of mind in a recession is very very important um you can you can look back all the way to i think there there was a study that i not a study there was a case study not that long ago i saw about uh post and Kellogg, um the cereal companies back I think, like in, in during the great depression and um, I think uh, Post had been um, the number one player forever. And I think Kellogg was, I don't even remember, like five, six, ten times smaller than them. But obviously, rolling into the recession, one obviously trimmed, trimmed everything back, right? We're going to go in, we're going to be super conservative. We're not going to spend any money. 
and then we're just gonna wait until we go buy it. Well, the other competitor, much smaller, they just doubled down, took everything they had, put it into marketing, developed new products. And then whenever they came out of that recession, obviously, um, I think it was Kellogg ended up being much larger than Post. And then they've, they've never, never given that back. You know, it's been, uh, I don't know, a hundred years now and, and they've been larger. Um, but what you learn from that is obviously you can't get too scared running into these times. Strong companies that are making good long-term decisions, um, that are confident in themselves and investing in their marketing and their, their products and their services, you know, you're going to probably come out ahead, you know, and I say that loosely. Um, but for Cap America in 2008, you know, we did, we did the same thing, you know, things were uncertain. But we were confident in our company. We had a strong company. We doubled down on marketing, tried to stay top of mind, whether that be um, in print, whether that be on web, whether that be um, continuing to offer you know, free samples and free digitizing and offering everything you could for free on the front end to secure the sale and then acquire the customer. Um, and then knowing that you have good customer service, that you have good processes, that if you acquire that new business, long-term, which leads to growth, you know? So find what you're really, really good at and double down on that. And then make sure that you're not setting up any roadblocks to acquire any of these new customers, right? Whenever you might have new people coming to you and then long-term, obviously make sure that you retain them, you know, yeah. um, no different than COVID, right? We just came out of COVID. That was a different situation, not so much recession, but crazy economic time for all of us. Um, but what we did during COVID and this kind of leads into inventory, but we did what we did during COVID we have all these partners that we use overseas that make our blank caps. Well, what happened to a lot of our partners is there were um, other headwear companies that were doing business with them and they were scared and they dialed back and they said, we're not going to place all these container orders um, until we know what's going to happen until we're more certain about the future economic times. Well, what we did, we supported our partners. And even though sales had decreased during that time, we continued to send orders for product that we didn't know if we were really going to be able to move or not because we wanted to be a partner. Well, what happened is we quickly came out of, um, you know, COVID and then the orders flooded it. And then what happened is none of our competitors um, had inventory and flush, right? So we acquired all these new customers because we had competitors that didn't have inventory and then we retained. Obviously we hope to continue to retain. But yeah. that's that uh, you know us being up we're up 60% this year uh in annual sales top of a record wow. year. You know, so it's it's been very fortunate. You, yeah. you know, I love that example of 100 years ago either either hold your cards close or double down and and yeah. and and we all saw it. We all saw companies doing that uh Aaron and I have talked many times uh, here about not a lot of innovation happened during COVID. And, uh, and, and by the way, uh, depending on the politician you're talking to, COVID is over or ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I love that example. And, and, and you certainly, we certainly saw companies doing that, either you know, holding those cards close or, or just saying, okay, how am I gonna go after it? And, uh, and that's a great example. And, and, look at the result for you i mean that's a, that's incredible growth yeah. yeah and we've been very fortunate we have great leadership we have great owners and we have great leadership and um you know they steer us in the right direction and then we have a, a great middle management team that follows instructions well and can implement and uh we've been very fortunate yeah yeah well and i also love the the part where you talk about you know just looking you guys weren't making decisions necessarily always completely on the the dollar signs. It was what were the values you were making decisions based on your values. You know, and being good partners is it's clearly a value for you guys. And um, and and I think that says a lot. I think a lot of decorators, I think a lot of companies in general can learn from from that type of thinking. Right? Let, let's not worry about what the spreadsheet says. Let's worry about what's the right thing for us to do to be a good partner. So, um, uh, appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, long term, none of us would our right. Look at internally as far as the company. You know, whether you have a great CEO or a great vice president. Right. So you have, you have to be able to have a sales team to, to secure an order. And then you have to be able to obviously produce it and see it and ship it and bill it. If you can't do all those things along the way, 
you know, the original order doesn't matter so much, right? Because if you can't fulfill it, you know, it, it doesn't have a lot of value, obviously. So we look at it not only internally, but externally as well, right? We have a lot of external partners. And if we don't support them whenever times are tough, you know, they might not be there in the long run whenever we need them the most. Yeah. You, you know, Corey, uh, during during COVID, did you have any promotions saying, you know, I know you're at home, but it is cool to wear a hat inside. It's it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually a great question. And COVID, so, so what happened whenever COVID? Everybody went virtual, right? You saw Zoom stock, boom, go through the roof and then go to meeting and all these companies because everything was virtual. Well, one piece, um, one piece of the headwear with your logo, it's always on screen. Um, found the high corporate market people that are having the, the most zooms or whatnot we sold a lot of headwear to those individuals because they know that depending upon how closer you are to your camera or not you know you might not see an impression on your chest you're not going to see a coffee mug or a pen or any of those things but you're for sure going to see you know uh, the logo on the front and center yeah. or something yeah i love it yeah, I love it for sure. Well, so you talked about, you know, that you guys were able to, um, one of the questions from the regulators here from Charles, he says, are you guys blank stocks provider as well? So could you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So for a long time, um, probably leading up into the, uh, the mid 20 teens, maybe like into 2015, um, we wanted to sell all decorated headwear. You know, we're a decorator, we want to make sure machines are running, and we took great pride in that. We did not want to sell a lot of blanks, and we did not want to do a lot of contract embroidery. Uh, we felt like it was kind of an insult to have people shipping in other headwear brands um, for us to decorate them. Um, we kind of changed the way we thought about that quite a bit after 2015. We started offering our blanks, obviously. Um, I'll talk about those numbers here in a, in, in, a, in a little bit, but our blank sales are up three times uh, this year over last year. Um, but we also offer a lot of contract embroidery and contract embroidery this year will do uh, close to two million dollars in contract. Um, so we don't think it's an insult because most of the time, even if you're even if you are a decorator and say you have 30 heads of embroidery and you have a team. But if you secure a two, a five, a ten thousand piece sale with a short turn time. You know, it might be better off for you to take those hats, ship them to Cap America, allow us to turn them in five to seven days, free tapes, no setups, none of that, right? And just make margin on turning the sale, just being a salesperson and not having to do the work, not having to worry about spoilage and all those factors, you know? So um, we do sell blanks. We sell a lot of blanks, more than we ever have before. Um, and, and we're happy to do that. And those blanks, there's probably 150 stock styles um, 1400 SKUs, if you're looking at styles and colors, and we have a massive amount of inventory. We have probably close to 6 million pieces on hand in Missouri right now. And wow. blank ship, blank ship same day. If you place an order before, two. you know, if you're, if you're already set up as a customer, you can send a PO in the morning, boom, ship them out same day. No problem at all. There you go. There you go. That, that's incredible because, uh, you know, one of the conversations we hear and, and see throughout, you know, the decorators that we work with is, is that, that stock situation, right? Nobody has stock. So there you go. 6,000 pieces. That's uh, pretty awesome. Million, go to million, 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 million. Sorry. Yep. You're right. I, I thought million in my head and then the word thousand came out for some reason. I, again, those shiny objects get me and I saw something else. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> that's really cool, Corey. Thank you for sharing that. And, and Charles, great question. Um, so you mentioned, we mentioned in your bio that, uh, you, uh, lead a team of, of 90 people, right? So, um, employees, right? Uh, hiring is also one of those challenges that I think a lot of people face right now. And, and, um, so I guess what, what is your, your secret, right? What's the tips there that, that you're able to bring the right people in and, and, uh, keep your, your workforce going there? Yeah, so there's not an easy answer to this. So yeah. we we came out of COVID uh, in 2020 with 157 employees. And as of this morning, we have closer to 400, right? Very short period of time ramped up from 157 to 450 to keep up with current workload. But it's we're in a different time right now for acquiring new employees. Um, some people... Well, I shouldn't say some people. Everyone has different values on it, right? Some people want to get paid the highest amount. 
Some people really appreciate a title. Some people want flexible hours. Some people want to be able to work from home. Obviously, work from home doesn't work on a, on a production, but from a customer service or a sales level, yeah. well, and then you look at the incentives you provide. Um, Cap America is a family-owned company, um, and, and we think of everyone in our company as a family member, right? They're, they're part of what drives that successful every day. So we have um, different things throughout the year to where on, uh, you know, 4th of July, we'll have a barbecue where all managers are outside. We barbecue all morning long, and then we go in and, and we feed everybody in the building, which is fun. Um, we have catered Thanksgiving dinners. We have catered um, Christmas dinners for everyone. We like to do those things. Um, we just put in a, a marketplace within like our cafeteria area um, to where we hired a third party to come in and then stock um, fridge, like independent fridges all day long, just so that, um, you know, if you forget your lunch, you don't have to leave the building. Go in there, um, you can grab what you need and um, just not to stress about it. Uh, another cool thing we did whenever we implemented this marketplace um, is our owners gave everyone a $75 card um, to use in the marketplace. So essentially every employee in the company, the, seven, the first $75 they spent in the marketplace, it was free to them, you know? And it's one of those things, you know, that cost the company $30,000, but it provided so much positivity yeah. in the It's well worth it. There, I mean, there, there's no question about it. You know, so what, whether it be you know, increasing your, pre, your your pay, you know, to be competitive, um, re regardless of where you're at in the country, or whether it's making hours or the work a little more flexible for people or incentives or bonus programs, all those things, you really, you have to have a great HR department and management and look at it as, an, as a whole and just really look at the package. And what can we offer that separates us from all the other companies and competitors around us? You know, that, and and just like you said, it the the money is part of it. Yeah, you 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 everybody has to earn enough money to, you know, to to feed and clothe your family. But it it's the it's the little things that separate you. And that seventy five dollar card that that is a card that says we appreciate you. And and you know that that is ninety percent of of what people want out there uh, in, in their job. And and. Uh, uh, I'm sure every one of those people thought this is this is such a cool thing, and they went and told their friends about it. Uh, guess what happened to me at work today? And and uh, you know we spend most of our lives uh, at our jobs, and being appreciated there uh, is a huge part of uh, of of our internal happiness. So I think that you know you guys are doing some awesome things there. But you know we talk training here all the time. You have all those new employees. Talk just a little bit about. Uh, about your own training techniques when it comes to new employees coming uh, to work there? Yeah, so so once you acquire employees, obviously you have to train them, right? Which is which is much easier said than done. And, and most obviously know that. Um, and then there's there's different scales of, of businesses. You know, I, I didn't think we would be much over 300 employees, um, you know, for the last 10 years. I thought 300 was probably the sweet spot, you know, or one and a half times that. Um, on the production floor, we look at a new employee as anybody that's been at the company less than a year, you know, because it takes about a year um, to learn how to run a 15 head Baritone machine uh, effectively, right? And then really put out enough stitches um, per shift to, to make a huge contribution. Um, in, the, in the office setting, it's a little different. Um, it's probably six months um, or less, you're still new. Um, and then by the time you're there six months, you should probably have enough experience um, to, to not be considered as like a newbie anymore. Um, but what we see today for, for our company um, of, of our size, that it's incredibly important that we have trainers, right? We don't have managers training staff, you know, or existing uh, customer service members training new members. We have trainers and we have proofers and we have these people. And that's something a long time ago that, that we didn't need because at one time, you know, in 2019, we only had 26 customer service reps. Well, today, only a few years later, we have 77 customer service reps, you know, a huge team. And I can't expect, um, you know, so um, Amber Vance works right below me and she's the head of customer service. But if she has five new hires, you know, she can't do her daily duties and train all those people. 
It would, it would never work. So we have trainers below her that obviously have a, a set of guidelines that they use in a process of you learn this first and that leads into this next step, which leads into the next step. And then they have a week about for every different process along the way to get up to speed. And then they're plugged into a, a, a team and then they'll work with a team. And traditionally on our teams, there's like a, uh, there's a account executive who handles all communication with customers. There's a customer service rep um, that helps them along the way that they delegate work to and they can answer the phone if they're needed or fill in. You have an account executive that's out. And then you have employees that don't want to be on the phone, right? I have, I want to come to work and do a good job, but I don't want to talk to people. I don't want people to help me. I don't want to worry about any of that. I just want to enter orders. And then when we have order entry, right? So as soon as they're hired, um, we go through orientation. They spend um, a couple of months with trainers that that's all that they do is train uh, staff. And then they get moved into a team to work. Um, another thing that the trainers do um, and that you have, you have to be cognizant about this is new staff are not the only people that need to be trained, right? Everyone has existing staff. It doesn't matter if you've been there five years, seven years, 10 years, you have things that you could improve on. You know, you might not be aware of it, but managers above you should be able to recognize those weaknesses and then do continued training with those individuals as well. You know, and part of those things, like we all look at our customers and we say, oh, you know, XYZ does 3000 a year. I would love to get them up to 5000 next year and then 8000 and then 12000 you know, growing that base. But you have to look at your employees at the same way, right? Like um, uh, John Johnson, you know, does a great job, but, you know, he could be better. You know, it's the same way. And just continuing to further educate and further train existing staff whenever you have the time is incredibly important that people yeah. need to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I love the, you, you know, you're looking at this from, you know, what maybe a lot of our listeners are going, you know, my co company doesn't, they don't have the aspirations of getting there, but the, the cool part is the processes are all the same, right? If, if you're trying to do too much, you're trying to have like a manager train somebody at the same time or, or, you know, shadowing somebody, that stuff doesn't necessarily work. You've got to figure out a way to, um, you know, have people be focused on what needs to be done and, and bringing an employee up to speed. I, I can't think of too many uh, jobs inside of a company that are that important because your team is what's going to drive your success, right? So if you have a, an untrained customer service person, for example, they might be running off customers and you wouldn't even know about it because they haven't been right. trained into your company. So um, thank you so much for sharing all that, Corey. That, that's really incredible that you guys have uh, have built that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's taken time and, and we try to improve it every day. You know, like, sure. I'm obviously not happy with where it is today because I know we can get better tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. And, and yeah. that, that is set from the top. You know, my, my boss's boss, the CEO, you know, that across the company you know we're here every day to show up and do a great job and keep everybody happy on the customer side and then whenever we go home we're going to show up tomorrow and we're going to do a better job yeah and that's really yeah and and you know th thinking about that doing doing a better job each and every day uh, you know what i what I love about that kind of a mindset is it's not like, oh, we're not doing a good job, so I have to want to do better tomorrow. No, it's I'm doing a good job. Let's keep improving. Why not feel better the next day, right? And just kind of stacking those successes on top of each other as opposed to I'm not doing a good job. Therefore, you know, I guess people get this mindset that if I'm striving to do better, I'm admitting that I'm not doing a good job right now. And and I don't think that's the case. And you're, you're clearly making that point. Yeah, it's not true at all. And if, if you've ever been on the sales side, you've, I, I, in my opinion, you fully understand. Um, I spent some of my time at the company as the national manager. The funny thing about sales, you'll never have your boss tell you, right? That <laughs> so whenever you, whenever you come off of a record here, what you have to do the next year you have to sell more you know you have you have to continue to increase and sell more and more and more and i essentially you know kind of i took that same thought process and have impl implemented it in other departments you know like you're doing a great job but we can all do better you know we can all become more efficient uh, without a doubt 
you know, I've learned that myself. And, you know, I, I know that, you know, in 2012, whenever I came there, you know, I thought that I was doing all that I could do, right? Because I wasn't highly efficient. I, I was new to it. And I know today I come in, spend the same amount of time there and probably do four times as much work, you know? So yeah. it's all efficiencies and how you manage, how you delegate, how you use your time most effectively. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we also talked about uh, when, when we were introducing you, Corey, that uh, quality assurance came up, right? And and obviously, uh, based on what you've been talking to us about, what we've learned from you so far, quality is a huge part of what it is that you guys do. And so talk to us about that. Talk to us about quality control and, and you know, why that's important and, and, and how you guys look at that. Yeah, quality is incredibly important. You don't ever want to put out inferior work, right? Because that that's really saying that your brand is less than right? And the work that you put out has to be of high quality so that obviously the, the brand has a high perceived value, you know? And then on the back end, more, more simply, to be quite honest, once something leaves the building, we don't ever want to see it again, right? Because if you see it, that leads to credits, which comes out of bottom line, and then obviously a waste of time. And you don't want either one of those. Two. So what we've done for a long time, and a lot of this stems from our vice president of production that put all these processes in place, is there's several different points of QC throughout the building. Um, for our company, on uh, your first order, uh, like any new order, you get a finished sample for approval. So if you send me an order today, um, we take the artwork, we set it up, we digitize for free, we run a sample for free, and then we either ship that sample to you or we send you high-res photos for approval. So the idea is you've seen the finished good, you've approved it, we obviously log that, keep it on file, and we're gonna run the order to the exact same or better standards and ship it. So there's no reason to ever have a conversation after that, you know? So we try to do everything on the front end to make sure that you you know exactly what you're gonna get and you approve it. And then we produce and ship the order the same way. Now, after you've approved the sample, there's still several other QC points. So our embroidery operators <clears throat> kind of have, this, uh, it's a type of bonus uh, structure on a weekly basis. But it just makes sure that whenever they're running caps, that they're paying attention, that they're not passing anything along that's not up to the, you know, the, the standard that it yeah. needs to be at, right? Because they know that two, two weeks from now, whenever that inferior product is received and then it comes back to corporate, that it's going to come all the way back down to them and say, hey, why'd you ship this hat or why'd you ship these hats? If you have that happen too many times, you lose your bonus, right? So those operators know that I need to put out high quality goods or I'm going to lose this free money. Now, after they do their part, so now we've had a sample approved, we've had embroidery operators that are incentivized to make sure that they put out high quality goods, then it actually goes through the QC process. So I'm not sure how many QC people we have. I think it's around a dozen, 12 to 14. But we decorate and ship over 25,000 hats every day. And every single is QC, right? So everything flows over to uh, QC. And then they literally go through and, expect, and inspect every single cap. And then, you know, we're kicking ones out that shouldn't be there. But once again, they're looking at every single piece. They're boxing them up. And then they go to shipping. So we try to implement all these stages along the way to make sure that by the time that box leaves the back door, that everything is up to the standard that the customers approve. Wow. Yeah. You, you know, I love the, the fact you have several points of quality control because uh, out there on the in the production world, the further you get away from where the mistake was made, the less chance it's going to be caught. Somebody, everybody always assumes, well, somebody, somebody would have stopped this already. So this must be right, you know? And so several points of QC, that's, that's an awesome concept. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Terry. The other thing that we do um, that doesn't fall on the department or the embroidery department, you know, we know that this sales order was ran by this specific embroidery operator. And then when, whenever it went over to QC, not just says that like QC approved it, it we know that this person in QC inspected this order and then it shipped out the back door so whenever we receive those problems right and the order comes back as inferior then we can go back to that specific embroidery operator or that specific QC person and say hey just want you to know this happened here you know and we can't let this happen in the future so address every single it you know not calling somebody into your office and yelling at them or right up or whatnot, you know, you don't have 
all the time. Um, I, I'm not one to lead by fear. You know, I'm here to try to improve everyone along the way. So just having those conversations and say, hey, this happened. Here's how we can improve it. Let's pay attention to that, you know, and let's get better. You know, if you have the same issue with the same person three times, well, then you might have to take that avenue. But I'm a advocate of like, let's be on the same page. Let's talk this out. You know, we're here to make each other better and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a, a quick question in from uh, one of the regulators here. Mike says, uh, curious about the workflow for that kind of volume. Do you have dedicated unpackers, hoopers, operators, finishers, et cetera? Is that um, sounds like it a little bit? Yeah. So whenever you're moving a lot of volume, everything, your, your process has, you know, so uh, you need to look at your building on how things flow through the building, right? There's a process. You don't want to start point A here and then move all the way over to here to B to come back to C and then D. And so you need to have a flow. So what happens with us is we submit an order that prints out to the factory. We pull the goods ahead of time. So essentially goods are pulled and then put into a staging area. Um, and then from then they're assigned to embroidery operators and from embroidery operators over to QC and then over to shipping and then out the back door. But you need to look at your own business and make sure that whenever you're moving goods throughout the, the, the building, that it's in an efficient manner, right? Because whenever you're moving volume, those little efficiencies matter greatly whenever you yeah. compound it over months and years. You know, so efficiency is on the floor. Very, very important. That's a That's yeah, awesome. really great point. Well, you know, uh, Corey, we're, we're coming to the end of our hour. So how can our listeners uh, reach out to you? How can they find you? Yeah, you can find me anywhere. So my, my cell phone number is 573-225-7020. My email address is C-O-R-Y-C at capamerica.com. I'm also incredibly active on social, um, especially LinkedIn. I have a LinkedIn profile out. You know, please reach out to me. Um, and whether we do business or not, if you have if you have questions, if you have needs, if you have need recommendations for X, Y, or Z, yeah, reach out anytime. I'm always happy to help anybody who reaches out. That's awesome, Corey. Wow, thank you so much. And and yeah, thank you for you know giving back and and being willing to help out. Um, I love the fact that you guys are uh, have blank. So I'm 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 guessing based on this, we're, we're going to hopefully get some new customers heading your way. So uh, reach out, tell them Corey sent you, and uh, <laughs> you, you'll get taken care of one way or the other. Anyhow, but you know it's always nice to. All right, Corey. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate it, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, talking to you again soon. Absolutely. Very happy to be here and everybody have a wonderful week. Thanks, Corey. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. It was, a, it was a great interview and uh, great information shared. And uh, wow. Uh, yeah. I, I, I wasn't, I, I was surprised by the 25,000 a day. I didn't realize. Yeah, that's a, that's a big number. But, you know, it's so cool though, right? I mean, he really broke it down in a real clear way too. And because, you know, I, I you guys know me, I wear my small business hat a lot, right? You know, dealing with a lot of solopreneurs and people like that, but the, it's all the same. It's, it, he talked about efficiencies. He talked about why making quality is important, you know, talked about taking care of the customers, talked about leading with values. I mean, we, we got so yeah. many great nuggets out, out of that, that any company can use and, and, you know, and, and then the bonus is, you know, you get to meet somebody like Corey, who's, uh, you know, kind of, you can tell he's passionate about it, right? He, he, he lives say, this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, passionate about it. And yeah. Yeah. And, and so. your small business cap from capamerica.com. Yeah, that's right. There we go. <laughs> capamerica.com. <laughs> no, I, I, it, it's so cool. And I forgot to ask him, but I'll catch him afterwards in LinkedIn or something like that. But uh, he mentioned Missouri. I knew he was kind of in the Missouri area, but uh, I'm, I'm over in the St. Louis area. So uh, we'll have to. I'll have to come down there and check out what they've got going on. So, um, well, I was going to bring up the fact that I'm a big uh, Kansas fan, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Terry, um, as you mentioned, you know, we are getting down to the close of our show. Um, no five things for you today. We're still, uh, looking for some five things from you guys, the regulators. So, uh, be, be sure to uh, go over to two regular guys.com forward slash five things. And, uh, you can, uh, check that out and, and submit or, um, 
you, you know, you can submit in a lot of different ways. You can just, there's a form right on there that you can type into. Uh, you could email us over a recording of you sharing them, or you can say, Hey, I want to come on the show and present them myself. Uh, any, anything that works for you, we want to have those five things. It's a great way for us to also be able to put you out there into the world and, and share your company. So your links to your company and all that other information are on our website. And, uh, so that that's good for Google. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and you, uh, you can tell us five things you learned from Corey Sissel today. There you so. go. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. It, it, and surely there are more than five. So yes, five, five best. Five, top five things. We'll go with that. There All right, go. Terry. Well, um, big book of travels. Dust it off. Are you ready? What's happening for you, sir? <laughs> well, uh, next weekend, uh, November 5th and 6th, I will be at Atlas Screen Supply in Chicago doing my complete screen printing business course. And uh, following up to finish out the year at Workhorse Products here in Phoenix, uh, December 10th and 11th. And all my classes, both in Chicago and Phoenix, are uh, for 2023 are up on my website, terrycombs.com. How about you, Aaron? What do you have coming up? Well, I'm I'm home for a while, so uh, <laughs> the car is is taking a breather. You know, after my 23 hours out and back drive to Las Vegas last week, uh, I'm I'm ready to be home. So uh, taking a break, but I do have uh, one more thing coming up. Uh, it's virtual, so I get to do it from home. But uh, I will be teaching a virtual session at uh, Terry's favorite name for a trade show, Applique Getaway, uh, and that is going to start on November 15th. And uh, you can check out all the details over at osg.link forward slash virtual AG. And uh, yeah, yeah, go check that out. There's lots of great presenters um, and, and lots of good stuff going on over there at Applicate Getaway. Um, so yeah, make sure again, osg.link forward slash virtual AG. I think registration's all open and all that kind of fun stuff. So they, they are ready for you. Um, that will be my weekend project working on my uh, seminar for Applicate Getaway. Um, <laughs> all right. And, and then Eric uh, is uh, got his take up the the usual uh, Friday education Friday. He, I think Eric kind of like puts the bow on it. He's the headliner really in a, in a sense of education Friday. Um, so uh, you can watch him today. It's episode number one three three. I talking about material matters and measuring up where uh, you know, Eric was going to discuss how to work with new materials um, with both supplies and apparel and uh, focus on observation and measurement. So uh, if you guys have watched any of Eric's stuff, he, he's, so, he's such a good teacher, first and foremost. But secondly, he's just so detail-oriented, right, and, and, and really kind of goes deep super smart too. I don't know why he hangs out with us, Terry, but you know, <laughs> um, and, uh, anyway, so you check that out. EricCampbell.com is where you'll find that and just click the take up tab and, and you can watch all that. Um, and, uh, also or a quick note to check out Eric's article on craft to commercial. And you can find that in the graphics pro start here issue, which is just out. So if you go over to graphics Pro. Um, I think it's graphics-pro.com if I remember correctly, but uh, just find Graphics Pro Magazine and you'll be able to find that. Um, and we'll have the link in our show notes here as well. So you can find all of our links and notes and stuff like that at uh, tworegularguys.com. So uh, Dean says, why wouldn't you fly to Vegas? Yeah. Uh, I, many people ask me that. I even asked myself that about halfway there. Um, <laughs> but it, the the flights were crazy and um, I needed to get stuff in the booth. And since this was more of a two regular guys thing, um, I had to uh, budget, be budget conscious. So getting everything in the back of the car and just driving over. And honestly, I'll tell you this, Terry um, and, and everybody listening in, it was actually kind of nice, right? I mean, it, it's, it was a long drive, but to have like that much just alone time to really kind of just be, be there with my thoughts. Right. <laughs> so I felt, I felt much better afterwards. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's funny because when you said that, I was thinking of you driving and pulling over at like every truck stop and making notes of all the things you were thinking about. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank, thank goodness for digital stuff. Right. You just like, I pick up my phone and go, blah, 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 remember this thing. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but Dean, I, I flew to Vegas. Uh, it was 48 minutes. It's uh, <laughs> just had enough time to get a drink and back down again. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. And and you could have driven there in like four, four and a half hours, something like that, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I don't mind driving there, but after a trade show, I hate the drive uh, back. You yeah. Know? 
Yeah, that that was the hard part coming back. Um, I but I did uh, drive from Vegas back, and I made it to Amarillo that first night, Amarillo, Texas, and I went to the Big Texan. I did not take on the seventy-two ounce steak challenge, though. I, I uh, yeah, there was no chance I was doing that. But uh, I that was the first time I've ever been. I, I I don't know what it is. I was of that era that my parents and we drove a lot and I have uh, family in like Texas and Minnesota and places like that. So um, we drove through Amarillo quite often and always driving by the big Texan. I always wanted to go there. So I had a chance to finally go there. I, I did see a picture of that meal. And, and so your goal was Amarillo by morning. Is that that's right. Gonna, yeah, that, that's saying? right. That's exactly <laughs> right. So I, uh, I, I enjoyed that. But then the, the next day's drive, I was meat sweats going on. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, Terry. Well, we have come to the close of another show. We want to thank Corey Sissel with uh, Cap America. Get over to capamerica.com and check him out. And uh, yeah, go buy some hats, man. There's some uh, <laughs> there's some inventory out there. Six million pieces. I I, I think I got it right this time. But Yeah, um, six million. That's incredible. Very cool. Very cool. But thanks very much, Corey. We appreciate your time today. And we also want to thank our show producer, as always, Eric Campbell, for pushing all the buttons and making us all look good every Friday morning. Yep, that's right. That's a lot of work to make us look good. So, uh, <laughs> all right, Terry. Well, next week we've got a great show coming up for you guys again. Uh, we've got Jed Seifert from Stakes Manufacturing. Uh, you might remember Jed. He was part of that group talking to us about Printing United. But uh, we're going to go deeper into what uh, what he's working on and disability inclusion in the print area. So hiring uh, workers and that have uh, some sort of a disability and, and how that works and, and how it not only is the right thing to do, but it makes sense to your bottom line. And um, he, he's really passionate about this subject. In fact, he led a panel there at Printing United uh, on the topic. And uh, I'm so grateful that people are are having these discussions, right? How do, how do we make that happen? You know, if hiring is a hard thing, maybe you got to look a little bit, you know, change the way you look at things and, and Jed's leading the charge with this. So going to be some great information next week, Terry. Fantastic. Really looking forward to that. But until then, I'm Terry Combs. He's Aaron Montgomery. And we are the two regular guys. Here we go. We're out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to Two Regular Guys. Check out our website at tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, regularguys.com. You can also interact with us over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tworegularguys, or send us a tweet, twitter.com slash tworegularguys. And we have a YouTube page. You can find all that from our website, tworegularguys.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week.